This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, it's me, Jim Campbell. Welcome to Fantasy Five Aside, where today I have with me a guest you'll have seen everywhere from Doctor Who to Taskmaster to Fleabag. It's comedian, rapper, actor, screenwriter, paper writer, everything else you could imagine, an early champion of the football ramble, Doc Brown. Yes. How you doing, mate? I'm all right. Good to see you. I forgot about the football ramble element. Yeah, a lot of people forget about the football yeah. ramble. Yeah. Uh, a f- sort of football ramble revivalist, would that be my, early, my credit? Early adopter, maybe? Early adopter... I just, I remember meeting with Pete and he had enough. It was over. Yeah. This is news to me. I'd become a massive fan, you know. And I was like, (laughs) what are you talking about? And I I just remember sort of trying to G him up and then getting those those first live... Shows booked. Yeah, he was—he's quite a defeatist man, is Pete. But yeah, those first live <laughs> shows were a really big thing for us because actually, it's a game you know, change, wasn't it? It was. We'd met a, a lot of our listeners before, and it was always really nice. But the, the love we got from everybody was like, oh wow, like this really means this something thing, to yeah. a lot of people. It's—it's it's really really nice. Yeah, and my, my wife designed the stage. Yes, got like some astroturf, made a little penalty box. D. Yeah, didn't you? You had some. Uh, you almost had some work experience, kids filming and stuff, didn't yeah, you? That's Something right. like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, it was uh, the Arcola <laughs> Theatre, Dalston. What heady days! And heady also, days. I think we might be one of the few live acts that have more successful opening acts. Um, <laughs> so you started that tradition as well. Um, so yeah, here we are on Fantasy Five Aside. So uh, Ben, as is pretty well known, you are a Crystal Palace fan. Mm. You did their FA Cup song. 
recently. Yes. That's pretty good. I'm I've also not even... the voice of VAR at Selhurst Park. Are you actually? Yeah. That is massive. Decision? Nah. No penalty. <laughs> <laughs> is that something you just do? Like, do you bring along a megaphone? Or is that no, it's all pre-recorded. As, uh, did it. I was doing some, some work for the club and they said, oh, do you mind if we record you saying these things? I was like, yeah, cool, man. How do you feel about that now that everyone hates VAR? Are you worried that that's well, going to rub off on you? I, it, it, I was doing an interview for the club and at the time they asked me about VAR and I talked about how much I hated it. Even though we'd benefited from it massively yeah. at the time, I think we'd just beaten Villa with a last-minute reprieve, disallowed the... Mm. Uh, a, a Villa goal, which which led to us winning. Um, I still don't like it, but I think the main issue with it is how it's how it works. Yeah, it totally. just doesn't work properly, and it will presumably with our technological yeah. advances. It's got to work properly at some point, so we just have to be patient till then. But for now, yeah, it's it's fair to say, man, it's, it it kills so many elements of the game. Yeah, there's a couple elements that are fun, but mainly if you're a neutral viewer, <laughs> it's I'd the say. offside for me. The like, offside is ridiculous. If you're an atom offside, like what happened? Didn't we used to have benefit of the doubt for the striker? Yeah, I, I, I thought. I think I thought that as well. And I think this was never in the rules, but people used to talk about daylight, didn't they? Or there being there being yeah. some sort of like, yeah. as you say, advantage to the attacker. But now they're taking goals away. Goals are the best bit. Well, that's the key thing, and that's what I said in that interview. I remember because at the time I'd actually looked at some VAR stats, and they'd taken away way more goals than they'd actually. Yeah. granted out of a controversial situation so at that point of the season early on in season they disallowed nine goals and they'd given one and that was a penalty yeah and penalties are, yeah. are pretty boring to watch in a game <laughs> do you know what I mean unless yeah. it's a penalty shootout absolutely so they're essentially just killing all the flowing elements of what is the most flowing most simple game yeah in the world it's, they've, they've, they've overcomplicated it it's been a victory for the rules rather than the game yeah yeah that's boring um, let's move on from it because it's awful. Yeah, and um, every, everybody talks about it. So. Yeah, so let, let's get straight into your team. Mm. Um, you've picked a, a really interestingly balanced team. I, <laughs> I think that in, in, the, in the, the imaginary league here, they're going to pr- probably do quite well, actually. So tell me who you've gone for in goal. Uh, well, I've got I've gone for uh, Jose Luis Chilavert. Um, if you look at the t- once you get through the team, you'll you'll basically work out how old I am. I reckon. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because it's it's all players who fascinated me as as a kid in some way bar bar one who we'll get onto in a bit but I went for Schillever because I think five aside you always need you need goals from everywhere <laughs> and Schillever surely could just score from where he stood yeah I, I always think pitch. that about those some insane toe punt those goalkeepers that scored loads of goals like him and Rogerio Cini and a few others it's got like over 100 which is mm. insane yeah you do feel like they can just score at will yeah and also I think five aside is it's it's madcap and it's fun. Yeah. So it's not like picking a fantasy side for for the Premier League. You know, I was just he- hearing in the news the other day um, because City have missed so Man City have missed so many penalties. Yeah, um, they're talking about Edison. They, they reckon he's in training. He's the best. Yeah, penalty makes taker. sense. But you'll ne- because Premier League is so devoid of fun. You'll never see him taking a penalty for no. the fear of what will happen if Absolutely. it's rebounded. Right. What I love about Schillever is. Did he ever give a shit? No. About a rebound? No. He'd be there on the edge of the D taking a free kick 
where anything can happen. Yeah. Right? And he... Um, Some poor sod standing on the goal line for him going, oh, Jose's got up again. <laughs> I, to, I just have to wait. That's Them's the rules. Apparently that started but, when he moved to Spain. Uh, he started just... That's surprising. Do, I know, right? Yeah, he started doing... He started practicing free kicks um, after games. He'd do like... Something like 100... He had like a set amount, between a certain amount he would do after games. And he got so good at it, so like the coaches took notice and were like, you know what? And then he, I think he got like, I think he got 67 goals. I'll correct myself for a moment. He got 67 goals in his career, eight in internationals, including four. It, in, taking free kicks at international level. Four goals in the World Cup qualifying campaign for, 2000, campaign for 2002. Important games. Yeah. Absolutely massive. Scored a hat trick once and also scored um, from his own half against River Plate. Which I mean, it's yeah, like, like modern in, managers would have epileptic fits. Um, imagine him it. coming up and doing that. Any any one of those things is 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 like is so notable in its own right. But you managed to do all of them. And I think there's this idea, isn't there, that players like Edison are like a new breed of goalkeeper that are mm. comfortable with the ball at their feet. That, if that you're is of a not the case. Vintage, you you remember when goalkeepers had the freedom to do crazier things, you know? Yeah. And, and there was there's various keepers from. Uh, you know, when when I was a kid watching football in the nineties, who really took the Maverick thing to a next level, and Shilver yeah. is one of them. For for the younger listeners, we should probably describe <laughs> his his sort of style of shooting because it yeah. wasn't like a wasn't like a sort of a, a, a Rashford or Ronaldo, even though it had that kind of pace. He really levered that yeah. ball. It was yeah, it was. It was like he was keeping a goal kick down. Yeah, like down, a goal kick, it? keeping a goal kick down. Terrifying yeah. to defend against. Yeah, like, completely. And also, I think for the opposition goalkeeper, there's a psychological aspect to that, right? You don't want to be beaten by your opposite yeah, number. Yeah, by another keeper. Definitely. So he's in their head straight away. Good and he's an imposing man as well. A very huge mm. physical presence. Mm. And the thing with, with Schilever as well that might worry me managing him, mm. which obviously you've signed up to here, is that... <laughs> You know, do you want him shooting every time he gets the ball? Like, and if you don't, how are you telling him not to do that? Yeah, I mean, this is why I sort of picked my super sub because I thought he might help with that. Because when I looked at the five, it is kind of five unmanageable men. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a concern. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not a concern, but at the same time, do you remember what they used to say? Uh, opposition managers when Arsenal were like the Invincibles mm. and, and even like back to like 02, 01, 02 into that Invincible season afterwards opposition managers used to always say you just go out there and you just see these massive men yeah. and you just think oh no you're never in for a hiding necessarily because Arsenal didn't score a massive amount of goals yeah. in, in, in a single game but you just knew that first goal went in and you just weren't going to be able to lay a hand on it yeah they were just massive and they were so aggressive. Yes. And so, you've got that from the off. So hopefully with this team, like there'd be that thing of when they walk into the cage. Yes. <laughs> the other team go, oh, bloody hell. So another thing about Schinnebert is he was fond of a bold declaration. He said he'd be the best keeper at France 98 for the tournament. Brilliant. And he was in the team, team of the tournament with Bartes, weirdly. And wow. he said before they played Spain in, in Japan and Korea in 2002, that if he got a free kick within range, he would score. And he had a free kick and mm. Casillas saved it. And he also made a mistake for a Morientes goal. But like, as a British person... Like if you if you are walking into that cage and he's immediately chipping off at the opposition, is every atom of you not cringing in some way? You think, oh, don't, 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 don't. Definitely, definitely. I, I think 
you know, I I wanted to pick players that added a little je ne sais quoi, and I think um, I think he's he's the perfect starting point. Yeah, and also an amazing goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was good at what he did, and you know, similarly with with other sort of mavericks between the sticks. The, the basics of what they do is, is is quickly forgotten. Yes. Because of some mad shit that they did outside of that. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, don't, I can't think of many goalkeepers that don't need a screen. He is very much one of them. <laughs> but you've got a screen in there anyway. Who have you got as your first uh, yeah, outfield player? Yeah, I just player? thought... I thought I want somebody who doesn't mind just hanging back, especially for... Shilver... Actually, he was the second name on the team sheet. This guy was the first, but... I I just knew I wanted a sort of rush keeper, <laughs> so I hadn't decided who. And then I thought, right, I need someone in between the sticks. And I also wanted to have someone with a Palace connection in there, mm. so I went for Eric Young, who again, you know, young younger listeners probably won't remember, but he was this rangy, lanky black dude who um, played for a while for for, for Palace uh, in the defence, and um, you never saw his eyes. Because he always wore this headband really over his low eyes. down. No, just over his brow. Oh, so wow. you couldn't really see his eyes because they were like shadowed by the headband. That's uh and it was quite just creepy. It was like a, a serial yeah, killer a, football. Yeah, football it was though. a real weird look. <laughs> and and uh, when I was a kid at Palace used to call him the ninja. Yes. Obviously because of the, the the headband. But also he was combative and he was he was tough to get by because he had these he wasn't the quickest, but he just had those legs, the sort of go-go gadget legs. Yeah. He'd, just get, he'd get around you or he'd make that last-ditch tackle. And he was just hard as nails. He just had no interest of anything happening over the halfway line unless he was forced to go nice. there. Nice. Well, that's exactly what you want, last isn't it? Corner. Yeah. So I just thought, you're going to have someone like Shilliver in there. Have a dude who has got go-go gadget legs and arms to cover <laughs> that little goal. Is happy to stay there and will just clean a striker out if needs be. Nice. So I, I looked into Eric Young. He's not someone I'm that familiar with. Although actually he played for Wimbledon in the, uh, right. the FA Cup win in mm. 19, uh, 1988 yeah, over Liverpool, game. which is pretty mm. pretty massive. Um, he also played for Brighton. Does, I didn't does know that, that. Does that bother you? No, in, well, I mean, the, I, I'm one the of those... It's the weirdest derby ever, it, isn't it? It is. Uh, I'm one of those Palace fans. That I get a lot of stick because I just have no ill feeling towards Brighton yeah. whatsoever. It's just, it's fine. Like, yeah. It's they're just uh, another... Similarly sized teams st- struggling along. I don't, I don't really have. Yeah, I don't have a problem with them. And I love Brighton, the place. Mm. Like, so I just, I don't really have a reason other than me saying to myself, "Oh, I'm going to inherit this thing," which is so specific. Yeah, wasn't it from like a specific tackle in a game or something? Well, it was, like it was one kind of. Point. It's kind of twofold. It began with a, a player rivalry between Mullery and Venables and then when they went into they, they were rivals at Tottenham mm. the captaincy uh, when they went into management they still had a lot of Ill, fe- Ill feeling against each other and then we went in this series of FA Cup replays um, against Brighton where we were managed by Venables and, and they were managed by M- Mullery and in those days it probably still happens now I'm sure behind closed doors you see it with Mourinho and Guardiola mm. and people like that saying to their players look you know how I feel about this prick yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do a job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas in the old days, they blatantly just said, "Just kick these pricks." I, yeah, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I want to see the look on his face when you break this yeah. guy's leg. That kind of so it was it, it was a bad tempered series of games. Yeah, and often when that happens, you still see it in football now. That bad tempered, you know, the fans and the players and the management, the bench, psychologically for ninety minutes, they're 
oh, there's loads of weird stuff happening. I'd love to see a study of it. Mm. The way like um, fans can get on a player's back, like you saw with Xhaka at Arsenal this season, yes. and then his performance gets worse and worse, and then it creates this whole sort of horrible atmosphere, and then Xhaka misses games. There's, everything is linked, mm. right? So that rivalry between Venables and Mullery filtered down to the players. That was on the pitch. Ill feeling, bad blood between players, bad challenges. Ill feeling grows in in the crowd, defending their players, you know, with, with their own vitriol. And then after the game, I can't remember if it was the first one or the replay, there was some violence between right. fans. And that was it, really. Because, mm. you know, you know how easy that can happen. So the next time you meet, it's going to be like, oh, these guys from yeah, last time. I remember you. So it's just built over the years. But people... As that story faded into legend, I think a lot of people outside of the two clubs assumed it was because we're very far south. Yes. And there's one road out of the southeast London yeah, down to you're Brighton. Connected by not, Southern Rail, who, that. let's be honest, are the real <laughs> villains of the they piece. Are the real villains. Um, yeah, it's just, I believe Seagulls is, is adapted from Eagles, isn't it? It's like a sarcastic I've heard charm. that, and I don't know if, it, if it's true, um, because obviously there's good reason to be the Seagulls down on the south coast. Mm. Uh, if it is true, it's quite petty it doesn't look good on Brighton oh, I, I, I like quite it. like Seagulls versus Eagles I like all the bird related derbies yeah. especially when we play Spurs because they've got a chicken yeah a cockerel but it's, a, cockerel. it's a chicken on a basketball it's a chicken it? on a basketball which is you know all, it's about it's, it's about as aggressive as the, the canary <laughs> for, yeah. for Norwich you, you surely you want an aggressive bird don't yeah, you yeah definitely I think the Eagles winning Eagles winning and is we've it, got an actual any, eagle any harpy Eagles <laughs> they're the most terrifying bird in existence they really are all yeah, the evil things don't like looking at vultures or turkeys either yeah you don't want to be called you don't the want to be the turkeys the vultures is alright although it doesn't say a lot about you it doesn't you. say it's good a, things yeah I think Palace are winning that so back to Eric Young he uh, this is such a little snapshot of, of what it was like for those players who just missed out on the years before what was then the Premiership right yeah uh, he started training as an accountant while he was playing in non-league before he became a professional I did not know that. yeah and then when he finished and funnily enough, I think went back to non-league just because he loved the game. He finished um, his training as an accountant and he's now an accountant for a construction company. It's cool. like, oh man, like if you were four or five years younger, like you probably, you you'd have your that? own like sports agency or something now. Oh mate, you can do anything now. You just set, I was just going to set up my own fashion brand. Yeah, sure. exactly. It'll probably be, probably do all right for the first few years until yeah. you realise you don't know what you're doing yeah, because you've just got so money much money. It. Yeah. But I don't remember that show, and maybe this was towards the end of the sort of premiership uh, as it was. There was a show on BBC One called um, Life After Football. Mm. And um, I can't remember if it was Alan Shearer who... Was he, Alan Hansen? Was, no, it was Alan Hansen, that's yeah. right. And uh, he was he, it was really interesting the way he did it. He, he met with players who were about to retire, players who'd long retired, and players who'd just retired. Um, and... You know, it was there was it was quite a melancholy show. Yeah, you see the the disillusionment of certain people. Like Gaza was like, "Oh, I'm going to come back," and you're like, "Please, Gaza, Gaza, just stop it. this." Yeah, um, and then you had people like Rio Ferdinand, who was just like, "Yeah, like it was like so positive." He's like, "I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to set up my fashion brand, my music label. Yeah. If I do punditry, I reckon I can do that." And you're thinking, "He's probably going to be all right." Yeah, and then there was Neil Webb, who was like, oh, "I just didn't know what to do because uh, you know." At United, everything was done for you. You know, if you needed a, a dentist appointment, then, you know, they'd, they'd make sure you were there. So, I, uh, you know, I had no idea how to get a dentist appointment for myself. And you're thinking, mate, just go to a dentist. And yeah. he goes, and then, you know, when the work dried up, 
I just, in the end, I had to, I just went into the pub, put my hands up and said, can anyone give me a job? I was thinking, surely job centre would be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, also, what is with this dude? There's, there's something a little bit crass <laughs> about so tragic. Alan Hansen presenting that as well, isn't it? It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like Ed Sheeran presenting a programme like called like Life After Busking. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, so what happened yeah. to you? I'd, I've done all right out yeah, of it, actually. Like, I'm, I'm busking at Wembley I, I now. I but... noticed. I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal post-football. Um, but what's going to happen with you, you sad guys? Yeah, but um, that's it's really interesting to hear about, about Eric Young. Because... Uh, you know, from a fan perspective, Crazy Gang and 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 Palace, and mm. we were something of a Crazy Gang. So we were a real rag. Also, presumably sharing Selhurst Park at the same at the of time, course, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you don't. There's certain players you sort of you get that mythology around, and Eric Young was one of them. And the last thing you'd want to hear is that he was an accountant. Yeah, for, you want to maybe he, he was still like you know cr- he was crushing things at the construction company with his still bare with the hands headband, with headband the headband on. on. Yeah, catching the, the droplets. <laughs> accountancy, yeah, that's that's a surprise. It had the foresight though to uh, to get to incredible foresight, really. Right. But there you go. Um, so let's move on from Eric Young. Um, who have you gone for next? I've, I know who you've gone for next. I'm very excited <laughs> about it. Um, let's see. Okay, so I mean, you, you can't really describe a five-a-side as having having a midfield or anything like that. So no. I've just gone goals. Yeah, I've just gone goals, goals, goals. So the next three positions are all just goals, different kinds of goals. <laughs> um, so next up, again, like for those trying to trying to work out my age, this 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 will put, probably put a nail on it. Um, because when I was like 15 in school, if anyone hit a, a volley from any kind of distance and it went anywhere near the goal, we'd scream out this man's name as if describing ourselves. And that's Tony Yeboah, yeah. um, Ghanaian lad who um, came to Leeds. In, in a time when there was like African players were a big deal in those yeah. days. Like if an African dude came, you were like, ooh, what are you going to get? Yeah, what are you going to get? And it, it was around that time where we started to get players coming into the Premier League from everywhere and it, it was like yeah. an education on the size of the world totally like you know in like 92, 93 I remember like each team would have a foreign guy you yeah. know I mean or a couple of foreign and we'd all be like oh he's the crazy foreign guy yeah. do you know what I mean but, and but in reality he was like John Jensen yeah exactly yeah um, so Tony Yabo is still kind of a, a novelty I'd say mm. But he just scored these goals that just captured the imagination if you were a young football fan. Just crazy volleys. He'd, ca- he'd always be able to catch the ball at one of those really tricky heights mm. by readjusting his body. Yeah. And he had an incredible knack of, of scoring off the underside of the oh. bar, really specifically. Which, aesthetically speaking, oh, is God, such a satisfying goal. I isn't think that's it? the best way to score a long ranger. Unless you somehow get it stuck in the stanchion, which has happened like once. <laughs> it was probably him anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I remember that. The goal he scored against Liverpool. Do you mm. remember that? Mm. I So that was in the summer holidays in 1995. I was at my Uncle Dave's house and he had Sky. We didn't have it at home, which was like... So I saw that goal live. And back then that oh, was like a rarity, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, like yeah, That was course. a big deal. And that's one of my favourite goals ever, just because the goal's brilliant, but because of that memory as well. And Yeboah was so good for that. He was... He really stood out as one of those players from that era that got you that you would go out of your way to watch big time, and he looks super excited every time he scored, which is mm. what you want. I've never been into the whole unless it's like Cantona. I've never been to, into the whole like I'm too cool to celebrate. Or yeah. I'm too, I, I, I love seeing a player just explode yeah. with emotion. He used to, and he, Bowie, he just you know, and you can imagine what it must have been like in Ghana without the international coverage that we've got now. But they would have yeah. heard about him doing bits in, 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 in Yorkshire in, in one of the biggest leagues in the world and 
he must have been a folk hero there yeah. pretty much I th- overnight I think, if he wasn't I think already. he was. He, he owns a chain of hotels now uh, <laughs> c- called Yagola or something like that. Brilliant. And uh, I remember, one of the things I remember about Sky back then as well. Up like, in the remember? volley suite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bar is just called the crossbar. Um, it, this was back when Sky replays used to whoosh. Do you remember that? It would Whoosh, go, that's right. and then yeah, you get, and right. then you get the Tony Yubawa smacking it in from forty <laughs> yards out. And he used to wag his finger as a celebration. And I, st- I was always that's like, "That's right." There was a he, bit of finger wagging. Who's he telling off? Who is he? <laughs> who is that for? I don't. Maybe really... it was a kind of "told you so" thing. Because I, I think even up till now, I've got to say, I talk about this with a lot of my black mates who who love football. That the the little undercurrent of of prejudice against African players has mm. always been, it was blatant in those days. There's yes. still a bit of it now. Yeah. It's only in the past couple of years that we've had people like Kante. I know he's, he's not, he doesn't play for an African country, but obviously African uh, heritage. We've had people like Kante being described as intelligent. Yes. That's like a relatively new thing. Yeah. It, up until very recently, we've always had this thing about African players. Like, Oh, you know, like they always said about Balassi when he was at Palace, you just don't know what he's going to do next. I don't think he does either. Yeah. He's a fucking professional footballer. Yeah. He, like he's, he's unorthodox, but that's his style. Yeah. He's going to get he's to the wing going, and he's going to oh, cross it. I don't know what to do with yeah. a ball. Let's just see what happens. And actually, I he's think... He's trying stuff because that's his style. He's quite brave on the yes. ball. Sometimes it goes wrong. And that athleticism that, that Balassi like, had is another thing that's always... Always sort of played up. Played and up. That is so outdated, outmoded. And in those days of Tony Yeboa, you'd hear it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think like if, it Kante, was blatant. if Kante was a play was a player in the nineties, the way he plays, that way that he drives forward, breaks mm. things up, drives forward, that would have been described as a lack of discipline. Do you know it would have been, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it? Totally, that would have yeah, been like so p- true. positional so sort of true. kind of recklessness rather so than true. the benefit of the doubt that this as you yeah. say, this guy's a professional who knows what he's doing yeah. and he's in the team for a reason. And Macalele just would have been a beast, none shall pass. Yeah. Kind of kind of yeah, thing, like, rather a, than a, a man a who bouncer, invented almost. a new position yeah, in football absolutely <laughs> but yeah oh Yeboa I miss him I miss yeah. talking about him yeah hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We've not come to where you fit into this system where where are you putting yourself in the team oh i didn't realize that was a thing oh well you play a manager yeah you play a manager manager. well i mean i was always when i play sunday league uh when i play for my uni team um i was always a, a, a right back always um and as i got slower and slower and slower into my like early 30s i'd lost any pace i was never that fast but you know i lost any pace that i had I became a bit of a liability at right back, especially mm. when there'd be kids in the other team. Sounds familiar. And um, so in my Sunday league team, they pushed me up front. I, I, it was after a couple of games. I think we won won this league one season uh, and I actually scored the goal. That I mean, obviously I didn't win the whole league just with that goal, but technically we won the game that won the league with a goal <laughs> that I scored off a corner. <laughs> And then after that, the following season, just had that confidence to just go up. For Why corners. the hell is that not on your Wikipedia page? <laughs> you go and edit that yourself. <laughs> Two one, it was. It was so good. And we we started the game one 0 down. But um, yeah, I started getting goals quite a lot the following season. And then in the end, they were like, "Look, Smithy, you're a liability at right back. Just yeah. just hang around up front. Just be a lump up front. And we'll we'll, we'll play with two up front. We'll, we'll have the faster guy next to you." That's and, amazing. And we try that, and the first couple of seasons, I got a lot of goals that way, and then just my whole body just started packing up. And by the time I'd moved from Sunday League to playing like um, the Power, Power League Eights, yeah, it was just you know every season it felt like there was another team full of like 19, 20 oh, euros. It's like, oh my goodness, this is getting embarrassing. Football's hard. It really is. So uh, long story short, uh, the past sort of 15 years of my life, I've been a striker really. Mm. Um, so even more on Eric Young. So yeah, I think <laughs> it's a tricky one for Eric because everybody in this team is just a goal scorer. But I would say I'd be the one scoring the least goals. So I, I think I'd come on in in case of in case of injury and just uh mate i i probably get a few assists probably get a few uh, rebounds yeah but i mean the the players i've got in there they're quite sort of focused on one thing mm. so speaking <laughs> speaking of rebounds i think your your next next choice is probably going to be getting a lot of those <laughs> well um th- this guy is um again i mean <laughs> you can work out exactly what it what it is now age wise this this guy represents my first world cup that that i remember like being obsessed with first yeah. world cup that it affected me emotionally um 1990 in italy england went out in the semi final i cried stormed to my room slammed the door and didn't come out for a number of hours wow my Do you dad remember had what to you were doing just out. crying I think I was kicking staff um, tearfully, like tears dripping on my Panini album, like flicking <laughs> through. In those days, I could never get over the what ifs. Yeah. And 1990 was a really tough season for me because there's so many what ifs that stayed with me all the way into the millennium. Mm. Um, because I felt in that last four teams, England were the momentum we had, we yeah. were the best. And and the World Cup final was awful, 
two two sides exactly. just like slugging it out in West Germany, the old West Germany and, and Argentina. Pretty bad World Cup, all yeah. told. It's the f- I have memories of the England semi-final. I don't remember it really that poor clearly, quality. but it, yeah, it's known for being a bad World Cup, yeah. isn't it? And yet here, it has this huge kind of significance yeah, for us yeah, because, because of what well. happened to us, you know. And it was different to the semi-finals we just experienced with with Gareth, Gareth Southgate. You know, Bobby Robson was getting so much grief. The players yeah. were getting so much grief. The press had just finished us off before that. World Cup and we were just up against it and something about the camaraderie was incredible and they were so easy to support as a, as a little mm. kid I just I loved every one of them um, so an England-Italy final would have been just perfect yes and obviously Italy playing in their own country it was special for them as well and there's one player who wasn't even supposed to be there I don't think I think, I think it was, was an injury late, wasn't it? or he yeah. was called up late something like that Um and I think he was, he's not from the mainland either, is he? He's from, from the, I think he might be from one of the islands off of Italy. He's just a real strange fella. Mm. And he looks like not quite a hitman, but an assistant to a hitman, perhaps. He's got his <laughs> crazy eyes. He's like five foot nothing. He's tiny. He's got the body shape of an Archie Gemmel. His name's Toto Scalacci. Toto was short for something that I don't remember. Salvatore. Salvatore, maybe? yes. Salvatore. And so from was, Palermo originally, which okay, I believe is yeah. Right. So he came into the side with no expectations whatsoever, and he just suddenly just couldn't stop scoring in this yeah. World Cup. He came on as a sub, didn't he? And he yeah. scored and yeah. forced his way into the team that's, in a World Cup, right. which is amazing. Mm. And I think he scored six goals, won the Golden Boot, and was player of the tournament as well. Mm. Which, for those of you too young to understand this. I've been thinking about this, and I think the closest thing I can get to explaining that would be if Danny Welbeck had done that in the last World Cup for yeah. England. Like it's yeah. not any it's not a perfect comparison, but it's it was that out of the blue. Yeah. It's 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 actually crazy. And no disrespect to him, he didn't do a massive amount before or after. No, he played sixteen times so, for Italy. So in Danny total. Welbeck's not maybe not a bad comparison, but I mean it was just so strange and it was it sort of represented how crazy that World Cup for me was. And and like I say, there was there were so many what ifs that bugged me and it was the um it was the same summer that I'd had this devastating experience with, with Crystal Palace in, in, in their FA Cup final mm-hmm. and the what ifs around that have never ever left me either because similar to Bobby Robson, Ferguson was under a huge amount of pressure at Man United. And if the us being minnows, I think if we'd have beaten them, he might have gone. Yeah. Um, instead, they went to the Cup Winners' Cup, which, you know, that would have been massive for Palace. Yeah. Absolutely huge. Even if we were rubbish in it, it would have been massive. We could have attracted some bigger name players. And then the Premiership, as it was, started. And all this money came in. And Man United were the team that attracted the, this new wave of players. They won the Premiership and we got relegated. Yeah. So 1990 for me, for England and for Palace, was, was this huge what-if thing. And I think to cloud all the depression that I have about that, because we've all seen what Man United went on to do and we've all seen what Palace went on to do, which has become a yo-yo, mm. nothingy team. Um, England never went, apart from you know Euro 96, we, we treat Euro 96 like it was a World Cup. It wasn't, yeah, it was totally. the Euros. Yeah. England never went on to do anything either. So to cl- to sort of 
add a smokescreen to all that depression, Toto Scalacci is like the, the, a real sort of big yeah, positive. The shining light. Yeah, in that. memory. I, I believe in Italy, they, they, the tournament is sort of known as the Magical Knights of Toto Scalacci, which is just beautiful, <laughs> isn't it? Because it was... Sounds like an animated feature. It really does. come out at some point. If you watch, if you watch back the, the goals, it's, it's the eyes in the celebration, yeah, isn't it? So it's, white. It's you can really see the whites absolutely. all the way around the pupils. So would you be joining in those celebrations on the pitch? Because well, that would be a dream come true, Dubois right? was another one who, who would show you the whites of his eyes when he scored. Mm. You know, you see the whites all around his pupils. And I think those two together could really offset the fact that you'll never see Eric Young's eyes in any shape or form. <laughs> <laughs> so that's quite nice. And and like I've already said, I, I love an overblown celebration, a, a big bundle against the, uh, the, the 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 walls of the cage. Um, that that kind of vibe. Uh, I, I I'm not sure who in my in my five would like to be touched <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm hoping you know we could have some some real male bonding it's actually a terrifying on. group of people to celebrate at the moment isn't it Sheila Vare obviously yeah. nuts Eric Young as you say no eyes which is scary <laughs> like the xenomorph in Alien doesn't have any eyes and that makes exactly. it scarier yeah. uh, how can it see you uh, Tony Yeboah celebrates in a, in a fairly robust way as well mm-hmm. Scalacci leading the him. charge Scalacci looking like a little hitman and uh yeah, I mean, my last guy, I wouldn't want to touch at all. No, so, so let's let's hear about him. <laughs> well, this is this is a this was a, a twofold choice. There, and people might be surprised by this, but there are very few greater goal scorers in the history of the game. Yes, statistically, um, but also there's very few people with a mind like this guy. I mean, he was a genius. Um, what he achieved in the game is, I believe, unrivaled in in the modern era. Mm. You know, there's people getting close, but not with teams like he did it with. Um, his uh, uh, the only sort of thing that sullies his career is not even him. It's probably the quality of his son. <laughs> sorry Steve Bruce you put Steve Bruce in and of course I'm, I'm talking about uh, Nigel Clough's dad um, Brian Clough yes um, now I didn't know anything about his playing career as a kid I knew him as the manager of 90s Forest yes right? see this is a funny thing isn't it Green it's like jumper, the, that slightly scary weird man yeah and he was always good value in press conferences so I, I sort of liked him like I liked Alex Ferguson. I just yes. thought this guy's no nonsense. He's never going to bullshit you. Mm. He, he, he's kind of funny. Uh, you know, I remember that game where he, he'd slapped a, a, a pitch invader. You know, I just thought this guy's a character, <laughs> but I, I didn't really have any idea. I mean, my dad told me about like the forest side, the one European cup, but to me that was just like Villa winning the European cup or yeah. Ipswich. I was just like, that's just something that happened yes. in my dad's time, whatever. Now, of course, the access we have to documentary footage and 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 archives and stuff, uh, I can't remember the name of that forest film. It is amazing. I've not seen it actually. Check it out, and I'm sure listeners will be screaming the name of it. Yeah, but look up look up the forest film that came out a couple of years ago. Number one, the soundtrack is absolutely blinding. Sort of end of the seventies. It's there's so much good funky stuff on there. Um, but what Clough did with that team. Mm. I mean... Back-to-back European back Cups. Back-to-back back European we, Cups. We talk about Leicester with the league. With a team that league, he got like, promoted. Yeah, it's, it's just... In English football. It's insane. It's it's like my brain doesn't have the range to nah. appreciate what that is, nah. almost, you know? 
It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and you just can't... I, like The reason I say I haven't... I don't know, I can't think of anything like it in our era is because, of course, what Liverpool are doing right now is incredible. Of course, what Arsenal did the Invincibles is incredible. You know, um, Man United winning the treble in 99 is incredible. But, I mean, yeah, it's just different. Like, yeah. The way you build a team is completely different. You know, you you if you've got the resources, you can just put a team together. Alex Ferguson definitely built a team. Wenger definitely built a team. Yeah. Guardiola makes players better. Yeah. But they're great players that he can afford to put in there. Mourinho, I think you could probably argue, doesn't make great players better. But again, has always been able to afford the best players yeah. and, and has the nous to get them playing in a certain style that, that wins trophies. Klopp, I think, improves players. But again, endless resources. Mm. Club. Find me someone who's going to get a club promoted from the yeah. equivalent of the championship. The, the only, win the league and then win the European Cup twice. The only compar- the only sort of modern comparison would be getting Nottingham Forest promoted and then winning the Champions League with them I, twice. I Do you think, know what I mean? Like I think if Chris Wilder gets Sheffield United into Europe this season, that might be the closest. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's just banana. Or maybe it wasn't, didn't Newcastle come up and finish second one year? Possibly. So maybe Keegan... But still, but, still, but still, it's I'm not winning anything. You know, like this guy was winning things. So anyway, that's not necessarily why he's in the squad. Although his winning mentality is crucial. Yeah, he's got that over everyone else in the in the team. A great example of that was when he was at Derby. He sacked two tea ladies because he saw them laughing after a defeat. Oh, yeah, I mean, there you go. He the guy was he only understood the language of winning. Yes, and when that was unavailable to him, he went mental, as we all know from mm. the Leeds debacle. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, throughout his career, whenever you look at any any point of it, there's always been that friction when things haven't been going well. And like, oh, yeah, to talk, talk about Brian Clough, the sportsman, rather than Brian, Brian Clough, the, the manager as well. Yeah, so 251 goals. reason he's in, in the in, team. In 274 games and in his career. And this was something I had no idea about until Eva, Eva was reading the book um, that they made the film out of uh, what was Damn that United. called Damn United it was either reading that or watching the documentary I can't remember but I was like wait a minute hold on it was, is that a typo I know he scored mad. in basically every game yeah I mean it's in, his stats are unreal and people don't really think about it and the scariest part of it didn't he get injured like in his mid 20s or something was, I think he retired at 29 but he had a two-year rehabilitation and, and came really back. So it was like 27, up, I think, was realistically so he when he got ended his more career. Goals. Yeah, especially absolutely. in that era. Yeah, he played for England twice, but apparently the reason that he didn't play more was because he figured that he scored goals from the centre, so he wouldn't go out to the wings. Right, which you can't really that do that for England. His friction with England as well, because he always mm. had a weird relationship with England. Yeah, he, he? I think he wanted the job a lot, he but obviously, you know, that came with a lot of baggage. Because so this is the thing that you are signing up to yourself, right? Uh, signing yourself up to as managing him. Um, I mean, it's a nine impossible job. Indeed. When he was a, uh, a player, he, he was especially sort of um, bothered by Middlesbrough being sort of quite a leaky team. Uh, after a six-all draw against Charlton, it just doesn't happen now, does it? <laughs> Apparently, he asked his teammates how many goals they'd have to score in order to win a match and then publicly accused some of them of betting against the team and deliberately letting in goals. So you wow. th- when you see that sort of scoring record, you think, oh, it must have all been rosy until he became a manager, but he'd always been this sort of prickly character. A bit prickly. That's, that's really interesting. And it also smacks of a player who knows his own worth and knows what real success should look like. Yes. I mean, I just heard in the news this morning, Messi was, Messi's like come out publicly and like had a go. Yeah. At, 
uh, Eric Abadal. Uh, uh, yeah, Eric Abadal, and like it's just like wow, like you have to be so good as a player to just yeah. go right. All the top brass at this club, legends of the whatever. I'm get I'm just rid. Going, Shut it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Which is what I imagine Brian Clough was like as a player and definitely was as a manager. Yeah. So um, that said, I think with the personalities you've got in here, they're all very, very good. And Eric Young is someone who would, I imagine, follow instruction, which is Clough loved that, didn't yeah. he? If you could do that, then he'd be all right with you. Yeah. I reckon, I reckon, I think you've got a good balance here to sort of nullify that aspect I of him. so. But I think it could get really messy really quickly for us um, if things, you know, suddenly went south because there is a mercenary element <laughs> to this team. <laughs> and, and I did that because I just thought everyone's a winner. Do you know what I mean? They just yeah. won't, they will not lose. But if we do go a couple goals down, I'm, I'm a little worried about temperament, which is why I picked the, um, the super sub non-football. He hopefully would um, square things and, and, and make everything okay. Who have you gone for? Well, I've gone for Sir David Attenborough because <laughs> I just don't think anyone wants to let him down. No. And I think... He's the real king. You know, you know what they say, you know when they say, um, when there's another classic racist thing that you get in football where there's foreigners in a derby, in an English derby, most mm. he won't know about this, but um, yes. he won't know, or, or the other one, they won't be ready for the Premier League. What, yeah, kicking a ball into a yeah. net, playing the sport. They just won't be ready for, for the robustness of the. Why? It's just football. Yeah, it's and football actually, English weather. people traditionally have not actually been the best footballers. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that always makes me laugh. So I think um, just to keep that that slightly um, uh, 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 xenophobic trope going. <laughs> I'd like to think that Eric Young could get um, Shilavere and Scalacci and Yaboa. Just just explain what Attenborough means. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and what he represents and how, if you do have a faith, you should probably disregard that right now and worship this man Absolutely. as your new God. Yeah, I think the Attenborough, if we're going to have to have a royal family, can we yeah. transfer it to the Attenboroughs from the Windsor State? So that would be the thing, you know, instead of DVDs of the opposition and all of that, it'd just be like, you know, Life Blue on Planet. Earth, like- Secret Life of Plants... <laughs> Blue Planet, definitely Planet Earth. So what? Uh, what era Attenborough are we talking? Because I'm I'm a bit worried about him playing. I wouldn't want to put him in now. at ninety three, um, but uh, I'm thinking, you know, uh, I'm thinking the sort of maybe just pre commissioning snooker for BBC Two. <laughs> yeah, see, so that's he's, that's something a lot of people don't know, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he, he was, was a BBC commissioner, and he, and he also commissioned Monty Python's Flying Circus. That's right. Um, so you know, sense of humour. He was sprightly enough to travel around the world uh, and not just travel around the world, but, you know, go through pretty rugged terrains yeah. um, and and come out unscathed. He was mates with uh, Gerald Durrell, who was a, a pretty nutty guy. So they like I think he he wouldn't be afraid of, you know, uh, laying down the law, but it would be his intelligence that everyone mm. would have to bow down to. And of course... That Roy Hodgson effect of there probably isn't a hairdryer, but you just don't want to let your granddad yeah, down. Absolutely. Don't want to disappoint him. Well, I've, I was on a plane that David Attenborough was on once. Wow. Okay. And it, well, wow, he's exactly right. And it, honestly, the atmosphere on that plane, everyone was so excited. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just that he was there and you, you felt blessed to be in the presence oh. of, of, of a living legend. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think that that would probably. Uh, 
that would probably translate. And also, there's a theory that David Attenborough is the most well-travelled human in history, I guess which he, makes yeah, perfect I guess he must, sense. Yeah, he must be, yeah. That, so that does make sense. Even for those bloody foreigners amongst your team that don't know what he means, <laughs> he'll he have could probably get it across. Or a phrase in their language that he might be able to say. He might have a fact about their country or, uh, or some of the wildlife <laughs> from that might surprise them. Yeah. Get him on side. Um, you know, he's not going to have to do any work to win over Clough or or Young. And he is somebody that Clough will probably respect. I don't know. Clough might be telling him facts about animals. Oh, yeah. I bet you don't know this one. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> now when? <laughs> um, Still trying to call David Amber a young man. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's your team. Um, that's look, so that's, yeah. that's, that's fun. How do you think the, the post-match drink is going to go? Presuming everyone is, is getting involved. Um, I think I think I think I would actually love to have a drink with each of those players. Mm. Um, I think they'd 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 all have stories. I'd be fascinating. Maybe I don't know if if I want to hear about Eric's last tax year, but um, you know, I reckon the rest <laughs> the rest would definitely have some fascinating uh, fascinating stories to tell. And I'd like to think they'd all fancy one. We all know Clough fancied a drink, don't we? Yeah. So um, that wouldn't be a problem. Sadly. I think they probably all. I can see them all being drinkers. I'm sure Chilavere would be drinking some kind of South American fire water. Yeah, he's probably got his own drink that he invents. <laughs> Very possible. One of those really, really strong ones. You Very know when you, you think you've made a cocktail when you're a teenager and it just ends up being sort of like grey? Yeah, can exactly. Imagine he'd probably be on that. Yeah, something like that. Um, something like that. If he even drinks, he might be one of those that doesn't. I don't know. Um, so have you, Jose, have you, if you're listening... <laughs> Give us a shout later. Let us know. So, have you have you have you got a name for the team? Do you, do you have an idea of the aesthetic? Oh, I did pick a name, didn't I? I wrote it down. What is it? Um, Angelos Sucios, Angeles Sucios FC, which means dirty faced angels. Nice in Spanish. Very nice. Like homage to uh, to Chilever, um, because everything sounds better in in like a Latin language. Yeah, very it? much so. Um, and yeah, when I when I saw the players, because at first I was just thinking my favourite sort of just memorable people, you know, mm. thinking more about them as characters and whatnot. Then when I looked at them, I thought they're all sort of slightly controversial on the pitch for one reason or another, uh, or, or you know, not necessarily liked by everybody, or you know, like in, in Toto's case, you know, someone who is a bit of a bit of a black sheep, even if he had the right temperament, yeah. you know. Um, so I thought, yeah, they're they're like they're like angels to me, but yeah, like with with dirty faces, like some some people won't like them. Mm. So uh, then I just thought, angels with dirty faces, FC is just too long. Yes. And then when I saw the Spanish of it, which is just two words, I was like, great. And it's got a slightly threatening in Spanish. Exactly. Weirdly. Yeah. Don't know why. Angels, if you did it properly, angels with dirty faces, it would have the con in there for with and so dirty faced angels. Yeah, so what 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 is it again in Spanish? Angeles sucios. Yeah, it just sounds. It it sounds threatening. Could be angelic. Could be hellish. Yeah, it, indeed, I mean? indeed. And and how about the kit? I think um, you picked a kit as well, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Did do kit, which came just straight off the back of the name, just black with gold halos. Gold halos. So it'd be like what, so you wear it above your head. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be like Celtic hoops, but they they you know oh, they'd be nice. gold. So it'd be technically it would be angel rings around. Yeah, uh, your waist. That is chest. lovely. Um, and then black, because just black is badass. Everybody yeah, knows is. that. With gold wings on the back, maybe around the numbers, or possibly. Is that t- yeah, possibly. Yeah, Fair because enough. it's the this this all these guys would be pre tats, so you could have angel wings. Nowadays, someone's bound to have fucking angel wings. Yeah, 
yeah, on their actual back. Like, yeah, there was there's so arms. many like novelty kits now, aren't there? Like that waiter kit from a few years ago. Oh, yeah. And the sausage one. Yeah. Like hex sausages. Uh, odd. Very, that very really odd. gross. Really gross. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you could... It doesn't instill fear, does it? No. You are an advert for really a sausage. Stupid. Really, really, really stupid. Mm. Um, so, mm. yeah. So there you go. So that's, that's thanks, my lot. thanks for coming in. Um, so is there anything you want to plug, Ben? Oh, I don't know. When does this go out? Uh, well, well, we'll see. It's it's, uh, it's one of those. It's, it goes in it goes in the rotation, and we'll see when okay, it comes well, out. Okay. Well, if so. it if it comes out in in February, um, do check out the new series on BBC One, uh, nine o'clock, I think, on Thursdays. But you know, you, everyone watches on iPlayer anyway these mm. days. It's, series it's of called the Split. It's the second series of the Split with myself and Stephen Mangan and Nicola Walker. Um, pretty juicy storyline about div- divorce lawyers. Mm. Um, that's a six-parter so hopefully still going when this comes out uh, and if you miss that um, what will be the next thing oh it will be this incredible thing I did with David Tennant and Danny Mays called um, Des which is about the serial killer Dennis Nilsson oh wow uh, which is an awesome period piece uh, coming out on ITV uh, later in the year um, new yeah, kids a- book in the summer called Crumbs not about Dennis Nilsson not about Dennis Nilsson, inspired, inspired by, <laughs> inspired by, but I've toned it down for the young ones. Yeah, fair enough. Um, a reimagining. And I think that's about it. The rest of the stuff, I'm just writing, I'm acting in loads of stuff, but it won't be coming out anytime soon. So there'll be the things to look out for now. Uh, and yeah, just give us a shout on, on Instagram, I guess. Come say hello. It's a friendly place. Don't really do Twitter anymore. It just got no, a bit weird, didn't got it? Horrible, wasn't it? Um, so uh, yeah, Doc Doc Brown. No, sorry, no, that's not what it is, is it? It's Doc Breezy eighty eight Instagram. Um, so yeah, give us a shout there, and uh, and we'll chat. Cool. Well, um, thanks Ben for coming in slash Doc for coming in, and thank you guys for listening. We'll see you later. Cheers, guys. This was a Stakhanov production. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 